Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, welcome back to the High Tech Freedom Sales Podcast. My guest today is Neil Rogers. Neil, how are you doing today? I'm great, Chris. How are you? Oh, I could not be better. A little warm here in the Pacific Northwest, but uh, I can't complain. I'd rather have a little bit of heat than rain. Polar opposites. I'm at the the Northeast. Yeah, and where are you based out of, Neil? I'm about 35 miles outside of Boston. Okay. It's over the border in New Hampshire. Okay. Massachusetts is right there. Got it. So we're about as far as part, far apart as possible as we possibly could be. Well, Neil, let's jump right into it. So why don't we start off with telling the audience a little bit about yourself, your background? Well, I um, kind of track it along a, a book that I just published, and it's called Bar Tips. And the reason why, um, and, and it takes, takes, takes you kind of along my journey. I was born in a small town outside of Boston called Melrose, Massachusetts, one of eight of an Irish Catholic family. And um, I was the seventh. So people got a little tired at that point by the time by the time that rolled around. And uh, I'm not saying I was forgotten, but uh, there wasn't a lot of a lot of, you know, what we the, the helicopter parenting that we do today. Right. And so my, I, I started out. So I, I came to my mother in my senior year of high school as an example and said, I mean, May of my senior year in high school, I said, is there? Is there something I should be doing next year? So that shows you where we start off. And I and I, I but uh, and then I went off and uh, went to uh, did did try community college all the while working in the hospitality business at the same time to for for money and to pay the tuition, even though it was five hundred bucks, nobody else was helping. And uh, stayed on that, and I failed in school. I la- I think basically because I lacked interest and in, in drive for what I was doing. I wasn't an awful student, but I, my academic intelligence was not not high. I probably was, I think I saved my, like I said, I think my SAT scores and my class rank have one thing in common. They were both in the triple digits. <laughs> so, but what I did find out is that um, I wanted to, I went from, I went from that l- loss to learning that uh, what I did like was I like to serve people. And the way I found that out was I started attending bar. And my first drink that I poured, I handed it to somebody, they took a sip out of it, and they said, boy, that tastes pretty good. So I got that immediate feedback. So I said, okay, so this is this is cool. Maybe I've got something that I can I can parlay into the next next gig. But I also knew I didn't want to attend bar for the rest of my life. And so I took another swing at at, at school, and that was the hotel restaurant business. I swung and missed again and missed again. And that's when I um I, you know, stayed, I stayed in the hospitality business. The uh, you know, people would say, you know. You're really friendly and got great interpersonal skills. You would be great at sales. Oh, okay. Maybe that's a track I should go on. So I went, did the school thing again. I went back on track. But now I have interest and a purpose. And I have desire. So I learned how to be good at school. Show up, 
actively listen, take notes, ask questions, participate in class, show up at the extra at, at, for the extra hours, and do all the extra credit stuff. Lo and behold, I become a successful student. And so from there, that went from there. I went to uh, so once I graduated, which uh, which uh, took you know I, I I did the long I did the long played the long game, graduated at twenty five. I started selling right away, and I started selling in the food in the food business. So I worked for a food distributor, and uh, used my use the simple process, some simple process, much like I did in school. Show up, be organized, you know, all these things. And I chipped away, and I became. I I, I went from I think they gave me a uh, hundred and fifty thousand dollar territory in eighteen months. I made it one point five million. That's walking in and out of every kitchen in Boston and and surrounding towns, and again being being organized, polite, well presented, all the simple things, all the golden rules mom told you. And then from there, I went into the athletic footwear and apparel business. So I went from now I'm making money. I finally stopped making some money. I can finally give up my bar job on the weekends. So because I, I was starving with what they were paying me, with the commissions you're making at those at those numbers. And uh, I was offered a job to go work for a couple of friends, guys that I knew that were very successful selling shoes and apparel. But I went down to this total commission job. So now I'm in the entrepreneurial spirit mode. Yeah. So 100% commission? 100% commission. And they gave me a $250,000 territory. And I used the simple things that we talk about. We talk about a lot in the book and things that in retrospect, were were things that I a lot of the stuff I learned behind the bar, or I honed those skills behind the bar, or sharpened them, and I took a two hundred fifty thousand dollar territory and did in four years I had a ten million dollar business. And those businesses, you know, it's not like you know they're not high ticket items. It's not a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar software install. You know, a lot, it's, a lot of shoes, a lot of apparel. Yeah, and then from there we uh, we've been in the last twenty seven years. My wife and I have had a swag business. So we've been in the promotional products business. We love it. It's I work, I am the original guy that worked from home. And I'm the original guy with high deductibles. So when people were complaining about their two thousand dollar deductibles, I'd been staring down 10 grand for years. So it never they didn't bother me at all. Well, that's really interesting. So you um, you know, over that career, right? Really successful. I saw in a, a note somewhere that uh, there was a few years there where you were the number one rep, your promotional company has had tremendous growth. I think I saw 240% growth. So obviously very successful. And while you're the owner, you're also, my understanding is you're, you're the VP of sales and marketing. So yeah. you're very close to the sales side of the business. You know, I'm curious. So based on your experience, your own direct selling, um, you know, running your business today, you know, what are you seeing that's really separating you know, the top sales performers, the top 10, 20% from the rest of the pack? I think it's a repeatable process. Right. So a golfer is looking for that repeatable swing. How do I take that swing each time and, and get, get the positive result? I've discovered over my, my lifetime, when I stay with my process, I win. And when I don't, I lose. It's really that simple. And it's what's your business development process? You know, how are you, how are you filling your pipeline and are you being creative? So one of the things I always say, persistence versus tenacity. Persistence sounds like pest for a reason. Tenacity is where you take some creativity and you do something different. So hit them in another spot, find something different to, to, to get their attention in order for them to take that first meeting. 
buy that next product, do that upsell, whatever that may be. That's what I believe we've been very good at over the years is just doing things differently, being creative, staying, you know, we do a lot of things that are not digital. We do tangible things. May not, this may come as a shock to you, but direct mail is up, still do It's doing more than it did last year. And we believe wholeheartedly in sending people things to get their attention. So I think, I think th- those are the, you know, especially now where you, you know, you can barely get to see anybody. Right. Right. So how are you going to cut through all that noise that they're getting on a television set and radio not even, and, and then, but mainly on their social media sites or whatever they're Google, doing their Google searches or whatever that may be, you know, um, how are you going to cut through all that? And yeah. That's what, that's what we've been that. Right, well, it's an example. We just, lo- we lost a, we didn't lose it. It imploded. A million dollar client last year. And if we look at our size, that's a significant hit, right? Well, we're chipping it away, doing our process, not panicking, staying with it, and not getting discouraged. And we're chip- we, we were, we're probably about halfway there. Oh, that's that's awesome. Well, I want to go back to that because um, I sometimes I do ask people, um, guests on the show about, you know, what's working for building pipeline? What what's what are you seeing that's working to get meetings? And you touched on something that I've been talking about now just with my own team um, is, you know, the challenge of getting in front of people, right? Getting that meeting. Um, they're not necessarily in the office. And, you know, you talked about sending physical letters. You've talked about using promotional items. You know, what, what right now, what's sort of hot and working in your promotional business where you see people using something that's getting their attention, whether it's a specific product or the way they package or present the product to somehow be creative and get a response. Well, you can really get creative if, you, if you're with the, the right people. And we are the right people. So you can get so where you're designing the box that it goes in. Your, 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 your full, full on design of your campaign is on the box. Let me take a step back before I say, before I go there. It's not always the cards, the letters, and the gifts. Have you identified who you, who can buy what you sell? Are you wasting your time sending them? You know, can they, you know, I've got these leads and I'm, I'm following up on them and I did my emails and whatever. Okay, great. What, how does that get you? If you, if you're sending something to somebody or sending an email that there's no way on God's green earth, they can buy from you or buy what you yeah. sell. Wasting your time. You're wasting your time. So I think that's the first thing. So I think some research goes a long way, uh, a long way, but, but it's really that you do it. And what we always say, 80% of perfect, it's just fine. Mm-hmm. Now, don't overthink it. Don't over, just get it in. I, I was talking to my sister-in-law the other day. So, my, and she was talking. My brother, my older brother, is is a lot more, um, you know, he's not as uh, uh, reactive as I am. Let's say it took him almost two days to write paragraph. Who I think it was, I think it was to an insurance company or what. And I'm thinking, dude, eighty percent of perfect, pal. Just go for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like so. Back to, to answering your question, though, it's like, yeah, I mean. We could the, the the box, the item that's in the box, but really it's about there's this theory of seven. You you may have heard it. It takes seven significant touches in order to get somebody's attention. Now that's in my world. I don't even know what the digital world says. You know, how many times are they going to have to see your annoying ad on Facebook before you're going to click on? It? I mean, to me, it just annoys the heck out of me, and I, I don't do anything with it. But if somebody's done, somebody's gone and found an article, and it could be online, that was germane to their business, 
and you took the time to take your little yellow highlighter, put it in a put a handwritten note on it and sent that and made it dimensional, right? So throw a pen in there. You don't have to get crazy. We've got these really cool QR code pens that what they've done is they've they've made the imprint area big enough so that it can that it can adopt the QR and it and it's and it's on a flat enough surface so you can get you can get the read. And there's there's something that made the QR code was dead until mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. Till every 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 time you went into a restaurant, you had to break out your phone yeah. and do that. Both and I remember that it's I'm still PTSD over it. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean the fact that you do it, you're thinking at least in terms of seven touches, and you can incorporate you can incorporate email and photo mail in that too, but make sure it's thematic. Mm-hmm. You're staying with the process. If one of your guys has got a you folks are doing an add-on software piece or whatever that may be, and you're looking people to for people to for people to uh, to adopt it and you know take the meeting or do the demo or whatever that may be, whatever your next step is, well, make sure that what you're saying is thematic, at least you know somewhere along that line. But and and think of in terms of at least three to four dimensional pieces. Now you've got to determine your budget on that. I mean, right. I, I did this for a company called Fitachi Consulting one year, and they they're opening silo for. An engagement was 250 grand. They did 10, the 10 reps. Each one had 10 hard to get into's. We did this simple, simple campaign. I think the whole campaign, including mail, which is the biggest part about it in these things, was $10,000. They got 10 appointments of mm. people they would never see. Who wants, you know, so how many times are you going to leave somebody a voicemail? How many are going to send them an email? You got to craft a more crafty email. What's it going to say? It's going to have some sort of cutesy thing in the in the subject line. Forwarded, maybe. Oh, it's forwarded. Maybe I should look at this. Some sort of other trick that they use. And I'm just not about that. I mean, we've always been about you know being straight. And yeah. uh, so you touched on one thing there that uh, you know, the you know sending an article, highlighting it, including uh, you know you showed in the video some personalized stationery, and then maybe throwing a pen or something. The challenge that I see a lot of sellers sometimes have is they're, you know, they're sending out the emails, but they're always asking for something, right? They're trying to get a meeting. And the value of finding some article that you just share and you highlight and you're not asking for anything. So say, hey, you know, I, I, I thought you might enjoy this. I noticed it's sort of similar or connects to your business in some way. You got to give something before you get something. And I think sometimes we're so, they're in, I, I feel bad for sellers because there's so much pressure on them to produce immediately that that sometimes translates into their process in a negative way. But I mean, it's so They're important. To yeah, totally. Panicking. They get panic stricken. They, if you have that, re- so we say in positive activity, which is our little program that we put together and it is in the book and it's on the website is give it 90 days every day, do these things, which includes in the morning doing a handful of things that gets your mind right. You, you, I would consider Journaling, doing doing kind of uh, random act of kindness, meditation. Make sure you get your body moving. Even a short walk before you start, before you open your email. Then, if you've determined who can buy what you sell, and you have a, you have a little ditty, you you know what your benefit that you're gonna that you're gonna provide for them. You can articulate it on one sheet of paper. Then, who are those people, and how do you get them? You know, what is, what is your process for meeting new people? Is it just going to be farming, getting, man, if I get, if I get another lead campaign come to me, you know, by email, it's like, and it's all from LinkedIn, you know, it's scraped or whatever you got, whatever they call it in the world. 
because it says Neil P. Right. right? Yeah. Oh, I guess we don't know each other, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't, don't go by me. That's why you put the P in your name in uh, LinkedIn. That's a great filter. <laughs> so, so then if you if you if you then if you have a process and a, a set up process, so that if you meet somebody, what happens the next day? What yeah. are you going to do? Because just what? Just because you had a cocktail with this person and they thought you were funny, and they they're mildly interested in what you have to say, doesn't mean they're sitting waiting by the phone for you to call or an email. So how are you going to put them in queue in your process to then build a relationship with them? Before we jump into the topic, I wanted to let you know that we just launched a monthly drawing for one of our insulated high-tech freedom tumblers. Now, I've been sending these out as a thank you gift to each of our guests, and the response has been great. You know, everyone has a full-size coffee cup, a Yeti, or whatever brand that they might use, but not everybody has the small tumbler that you can put your wine or beverage of choice in. And they're great for the deck, beach, camping, or just, you know, just keeping your drink warm or cold. Now, I'm not selling these, but I am excited about them. So we decided to offer these up to the loyal podcast listeners by doing a monthly drawing. So if you're interested, go to hightechfreedom.com forward slash mug, that's M-U-G, and you'll see a picture of the Tumblr and you can enter. We'll just collect your name, phone number, and email. And if you do win, we'll then follow up and ask for your mailing address so we know where to send it. If you don't win, your name stays in so you don't need to re-enter. I mean, think about catching people on on a... If somebody was to call here right now and I didn't know them, I'm not giving, well, number one, I would never interrupt our call, but I would never give them the time of day. I said, you know what? Find a more creative way to get a hold of me. Don't, don't catch me off guard. I'm doing other things. No way to start a relationship in my view. Yeah. So, and so, you know, if you've got a process of, you know, how, do, how are you going to follow up from newly met? How are you going to follow? How, does everybody in your family and friends, they all know what you do, right? Those are the people you know. Then you have the people you meet. And then maybe the worst, the worst choice is the people, the people you, you got, you're going to buy, right? But the people you meet can also be the people who have, who have been referred to you. Mm-hmm. Once again, just because Chris likes Neil and says, Neil, this is, a, this is a great person for you to talk to at our company. I've loved what you had to say today. Well, guess what? I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, th- I'm, I'm not seeing, I'm not saying Joan is going to be sitting because Chris said so. Is going to be my respect for her says no. I need to do better. She gets my promo kit. We follow up via email. We leave a voicemail if possible. We then we then grab your logo. We start making samples up. No charge to Joan, and this stuff just starts showing up. So we just so that's that's how we would that's how we would do a referral or a newly met. Again, we'd assess whether or not there was there was value there before we went and spent hundreds of dollars do that then the last part is if you if you have you know if you're buying a list or that type of thing but stick with it 90 days so the whole the ditty behind positive activity goes positive activity you know we're yoga people too so yeah. it's a practice of getting your mindset right in an area of positivity which takes you and this is where we talked about the creative thought takes you to a place of solution providing divergent thinking creativity which leads to what Productivity. And that the whole process, the activity, the activity of doing these things, of doing them daily, 
right, begets activity. So all of a sudden you get on a roll and the people are, and that's what's happening to us right now. This company, this company went public in July of 21. No, it was 22. No, it was 21. $17 by January of 22. They just, something happened. So we, we, we stayed with them because they still had a budget for us. They didn't completely go away. And so, but when we realized it was done, okay, team, time to redo and let's get, let's get out. Let's find out who, let's start. Well, as they scatter, let's yeah. make sure we get them. Stay connected. Wherever they're going, yeah. stay with them. So we had a whole list and, and then we, um, and what we're experiencing now is are the results of that. Like businesses really, you know, you just, we're starting to get as busy as that, as we were back then. And we have the infrastructure for it. We built the infrastructure with that, with that, with the, with the business that we have. So we decided not to change the infrastructure because we were confident we were going to build back the business because our process works. Well, you've talked, uh, you, you mentioned process uh, a number of times. And mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, and, you know, so we talked a little bit about the process of maybe the first meeting. And I kind of think about, you know, a sales process. There's the beginning, right? Getting kind of the the meeting the client, finding the client, the prospecting piece. There is the process of working on a deal and then there's maybe you want a deal and there's some process that happens in the back. So in my mind, I've always kind of bu- created like three silos, you know, that it's all one giant process, but I, I sometimes get my mindset sort of set in the pre, the current and the post deal process. And that's just my own process. But I'm curious, you mentioned stick with your process. I have a couple questions around that. Number one, how do you uh, maybe document your process or kind of ensure that you're following the process? Is it just in Neil's head or do you have it mapped out for other people to see? We have team meetings every Tuesday and Thursday and we discuss current people that are that we're targeting and the people that are now moved into queue because we've gotten meetings and we're starting to do sampling. And we keep, we, we every day, every week, we just talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not managing a huge organization. Right. We're managing a piece of an organization that you know, if we lost one. If we picked up twenty-five that can match that volume, we'd be the happiest people on the planet, right? So it all depends on how on your numbers, like how many numbers. What what are you following up on? How many you know? If if, if you need a thousand new clients, that's a whole. That's a, it's a different. That's another kettle of fish. I think when you're uh, following a process, how do you, you going back? You made this statement. You stick with it. How do you, what do you do or what do you recommend in terms of evaluating that process along the way? Because let's say there's something that's not quite working out. Maybe the market has changed in some way and your process needs to be tweaked. How do you go about reevaluating your process periodically? We've got a process that is, I mean, our process, it, you know, it's not, not perfect and it's been amended, but the basic steps have stood the test of time. Yeah. I did it when I built the, the food business. I did it when I built, and it's really just fundamentals. So what I say to people all the time, what my keynote's going to be on the book is, this is what you need to do before you start chasing the new shiny red toy, right? If you act with, so as an example, the simple things that are in the book are the importance of a proper greeting. Stop sending emails like they're texts. It should be an opening, body at a closing. You should be pleased and thank you. You should do these things. If I'm doing shoulds here, but I mean, I'm thinking these are unavoidable in my world. Right. Please do not show up late 
to a Zoom meeting or a or or, or heaven forbid an in person meeting that somebody has granted you. What do you know about your industry other than what your company does? If a client comes to you and asks you for something that you don't offer, do you know where to get it? These are things learned in a restaurant and hospitality thing. That's what we what we call peripheral knowledge mm-hmm. in the in the in the uh, in the in the hospitality business. So I'm, I'm thinking there's a whole bunch of fundamentals that you got to have that you got to have, you know, we can say everything. I grew up here with Tom Brady, or at least the last 20, well, at least before, for 20 years he was here. It wasn't all him. Right. Matter of fact, Adam Vinatieri had to kick two field, at least two field goals to win Super Bowls, right? It wasn't just Tom. Where, uh, where's the, blo- and I always call it, this is not that Adam Vinatieri is a blocking and tackling guy, but certainly it's a, but where's the guard? Where's the tackle? Where are those components to your to your to your gig? Because those are the things that I think people. I just got a great thing, a great note yesterday. Uh, so a friend of mine died last summer, and I oh know yeah, it was about this time last year. So this year we had a get together at his house with his son there, and his son saw that I had written a book on LinkedIn. So I so I just mentioned it, and he, and he said, "Yeah, I'd love to get a copy." So the next day, I signed a copy and I brought one over, you know. And he was he was thrilled and whatnot. So I checked, and then I checked in with him yesterday or the day before, and he said, "I read it, I loved it, and it's things like this is what you're talking about: showing up with a book that you told me you were going to bring, mm-hmm. and then oh by the way, following up to make sure I see how I how I liked it. No complex marketing theories." You do not have to go to the Harvard School of Business to learn that. It's just about being hospitable, being nice, doing what you say you're going to do. So I think we get all caught up. I think I've seen it all throughout my years of, and it's it's like, and it's also the people that are on the lowest part of the stack rankings are worried about these things. Make more sales calls. Be nicer. Mm-hmm. Be creative. Right. So I just can't harp on that en- enough because, and, that, and that's, again, that was, Guy wrote a fantastic uh, article on, on LinkedIn about it. And it's just that we're, we're chasing the new shiny red toy again. Yeah. And then, and then, in, you know, so. That's well, and my- I think it's, I don't know, maybe call it human nature, but oftentimes, you know, I see people that are looking for the next best thing or the way to kind of circumvent hard work. And- okay. And shortcuts. And, you know, that's the one thing that I've always loved about sales is if you do the basics really, really well, repeatable, consistent, it's not going to guarantee success. You know, there's still some things that you need to deal with in a complex sale, but man, is that a good foundation? And I've known some number one reps who you would sit down with them and you would say, huh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not have expected that they were a number one rep. But when you work with them, you see, they consistent things like they go to a meeting every single meeting they reconfirm what the business problem was what the issue was they ask if anything has changed they ask if the agenda still sets still meets what they wanted to talk about and they do that consistently and then they uncover that yeah things have changed you're not going to go waste a whole hour in a meeting versus i've seen a lot of reps that i've been on ride-alongs with they don't do it they jump right into their presentation and we get halfway into it it's like oh yeah by the way i've got a new cio <laughs> Just yeah, let me tell you exactly. Let me tell you everything I know. Yeah. Right. So we were going down to um, uh, Lori, my wife, and I at a in-person appointment in Princeton, New Jersey, last Wednesday, six hours from here. You want me? I'm coming. Right. You're gonna see us. We're gonna. We, I. It was like it was like Christmas. I got up and was like, oh my god, adrenaline going and whatnot. So 
we got down there and we we're talking about, you know, what is it? What is it we should say? Lori's asked me, what do we talk about? What do we do? I said, no, no, we don't talk. We let them talk. We ask questions. We'll make, we'll offer up, you know, here we are, yada, 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 give them some broad stuff. But no, no, no. We want to hear from them. Two years, one month, use them in that proportion. And then once the deal is done, shut your mouth. Great advice. Well, Neil, as we wrap up here, your book is uh, called Bar Tips, Everything I Needed to Know in Sales I Learned Behind the Bar. So if um, definitely go pick up his book. Is there anything else you wanted to highlight from the book that we uh, we hadn't touched on? No, I think I think we touched on it pretty good. I think, I think I hammered away pretty good on it. But I, well, that's just the way... The bottom line is that's the way I that's the way I think that's the way I that's the way I speak and uh, I think it's uh, you know it's done us well. Yes, absolutely. Well, Neil, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for coming on the High Tech Freedom Podcast. And to the listeners out there, until next week, make this your best week ever. Thanks, Neil. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.